0: What it's like when God leads you to a place where you have no money no income and no home I've come to understand that there are times when God will let all of the props be knocked out from under us They are those things that maybe we took for granted things we trusted in more than him I know what it's like to be sick and it goes on month after month and doctors have no diagnosis and no cure he promises a peace that passes understanding. But to know peace when you don't understand comes on a pathway that seems very scary until we pass through a door of faith in God alone. I've been in places where giving your best is met with the worst criticism, and all God says is to hold your tongue. Vindication and justice may never come from men, but when it doesn't, we come to a place where God can be our all-in-all. All. It's a blessed place to be, but is a terrible journey for a man's mind, will, and emotions until the destination is upon us. There are plenty of examples of the pathway to trust in God alone, from Abraham to Job, to Peter's prison cell. But today is about the battle to attain the prize that God is leading us to when He allows all of the things that are not of faith to be removed. When you experience it, and you will, here's what you'll need to know. Paul talks about his great struggles in the flesh, and he says he lives by faith, not by sight. He is groaning in his body, the Bible says, groaning to be clothed, and is very willing to leave this body and to be with Christ and to be clothed with his immortal body. He is constrained by the love of God as a potter holds a lump of clay in his hands. But Paul's lump is hurting deeply. Maybe you two have felt like saying, I too feel that groaning. It's been a bad day. My chest is tight and I'm extremely exhausted with emotions that have been pulled apart. If I leave this body now and journey to heaven, I imagine myself as one who has pulled his body from the ocean. Crawling up on the beach, I collapse in the sand as the sun warms my skin. I am saved, and the struggle against all the waves of life is over, but I feel totally spent. So I just lay there for a time as the fog of war is compelled to slowly retreat. Now, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like that? I just watched a documentary about Israel facing the Red Sea. they just come through a very foreboding trek through a narrow valley with ominous mountains enclosing them, The Egyptian army is coming, and the sea is their only escape. They're stuck and soon to be captured, beaten, some killed, and the rest taken back to captivity in Egypt. It is an utterly hopeless place from a human perspective. No helicopters will come, no commercials will interrupt the drama. They have no weapons, no armor, and they're weary from travel. Across the water's 13-mile expanse are the towering mountains of Midian, now Saudi Arabia. It's an extremely desperate situation. It is here that many will reconcile themselves to be killed. To see this spot, even today, it's a bleak and poverty-stricken shore that very few people have ever seen. Little does Israel know that 500 years from then... King Solomon will erect an extremely large solid granite pillar to mark the spot of a great deliverance. It still stands today, 3,000 years later. On this beach, there is a large area where the sand and rock are melted together as if a very hot fire had branded the earth. It's where God's pillar of fire came to protect Israel until they could cross the sea. On the bottom, There are thousands of artifacts of an entire army destroyed. There are chariot wheels, weapons and the bones of men covered in coral to preserve them. They are a reminder that a totally beaten down, defenseless nation was rescued. It's a stark reminder that there is a God who needs absolutely no help, no human wisdom to deliver from all that threatens our lives. Paul would groan in his body as he stood firm in faith within he knew whose he was for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all he would say so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed we have a building from god an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. When all we trust in this world is taken from us, we stand at the very door of victory. And if we are willing to do so, we can walk in. One of the things a person must take hold of is that heaven is a wonderful place to go. You begin to wrestle with something that can only be wrestled with when you think there's no earthly hope left. You come to the place of knowing a faith that glorifies God and one that doesn't have to save the body. You fall into the arms of God's love and the power of the cross. You take firm hold of the grace of God and that you are saved by faith in Jesus alone. Then you begin to embrace your life in eternity. Now, in no way does this mean that you are giving up. It doesn't mean that you are quitting on your faith. It is the highest expression of faith to trust God with your very life on earth. Paul would say that to live by faith and not by sight means to accept that since Christ died for us, we are all dead and our life is hidden with God in Christ. We are therefore new creations completely. Listen, you were created for God's unimaginable glory. You are going to inherit all that belongs to Jesus himself, You are called joint heirs with Christ, and it's very real. You have become the righteousness of God in Christ if you are born again. Now consider these disciples who followed Christ. They fundamentally lived in the dirt, walking everywhere and sleeping in what we wouldn't let our animals endure. Next to our lives, they were a step ahead of cavemen in terms of living conditions in some respects. They didn't have 1% of the knowledge of this world that we have, yet they had a knowledge that makes our science, technology, medicine, space travel, and education look like an infant's. Following Jesus was a whirlwind of miracles. He hears a leper call out and he says, I am willing, and he's cured. A soldier says, My servant is paralyzed. I will heal him, Jesus says. And he does. Then he speaks to a storm that is about to kill the disciples, and it's calmed. He takes a synagogue leader's daughter by the hand, and she rises up from the dead. Over and over, until the disciples are stunned by the word impossible being stricken from their senses. That's what the miracles do. Jesus is Lord, and we have just seen the true reality that defines our own lives, and it's overwhelming. Slowly, the truth steps out of the shadows of our struggle. Faith for healing, peace of mind, or provision is not faith that God will do something to take the pain away or send finances or heal a broken heart if we can only believe hard enough. That's not the point. The disciples finally begin to see Jesus is Lord. When i understand that lordship is not a judicial demand to obey but is a gracious determination to exercise authority over all that harms me then i have finally believed in the lordship of love versus the lordship of law as lord he wages war over all that threatens my life he destroyed death with its fear he conquered the sin that assaults my eternity as my champion He doesn't reign in me by demands, but by deliverance. Paul said, As sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I obey Him as Lord, like my body obeys the sun's warmth when I am freezing, or my body obeys the urge to drink when I am so dehydrated that my heart seems like it's failing. I will obey none other when my life's only hope is before me. Jesus is the Lord of life by faith. That's what the disciples begin to understand as miracle after miracle washed over them. And that's what the disciples begin to see when Jesus came walking on the water to them, gave Peter the power to walk on the sea by faith and then calmed the storm. They said, you are really God. They saw His Lordship manifested as life itself when death was the only human option. Jesus said, He who does the will of my Father, the same as my brother or sister or mother. But you see, doing things He asks doesn't make us His family. We do His will because we are His family, if indeed we are. When asked what we must do to do the works of God, Jesus said this is the work of God, to believe in Him. He is our champion. The sun that warms you in the cold, feeds you in the desert, and fights for you on the battlefields of sin and despair is who Christ is. He is the Lord who reigns over all of our enemies. One of the biggest struggles with faith is learning to stop trying to trust in ourselves. It's often a hard lesson. We're just so programmed to do our best that we lose sight of the fact that when we're at the end of ourselves, we're at the beginning of experiencing the hand of God.